they don't want to deal with the facts that surround the president's behavior. They just don't want to talk about it. I can't understand why. Why wouldn't Republicans want to talk about it? Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. We'll talk about it. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, and 99.5 in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. In Oregon, on the Central Coast, on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania, on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio, on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Grand Rapids, on WPRR. In New Orleans, on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, in Janesville, Wisconsin on WADR, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM950, KTNF, amongst other fine affiliates, coast to coast and around the globe, including streaming on the Internet, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today because, hey, we are back live in the KPFK studios in beautiful, not yet charred uh, North Hollywood today for the first time in what feels like forever, a very long time, not too far from uh, one of the weekend fires that I will discuss in a moment. But I want to thank everyone who pitched in to support uh, KPFK and the Pacifica Radio Network over our recent fun drive, as well as uh, those of you who sent warm condolences while I was out for a month uh, prior to that, due to the sudden illness and death of my father. And I want to thank uh, Nicole Sandler of NicoleSandler.com for filling in for us on Friday's broadcast. But yes, today we are back. And everything, everything apparently is now political in this country. Even the fires that broke out over the weekend in Burbank here in the Valley, as I learned, interestingly enough, while reporting on them via my Twitter account over the weekend at the Brad blog, where you can also tweet me throughout today's show if you like. You may also call in, uh, as I hope to open the phones in a bit anyway, at 818-985-5735, as I have not been able to open the phones in, uh, in weeks, in months at this point. So I would love to hear from you on any and all things that may be on your mind, from the president's upcoming impeachment to some very, very serious concerns I have about the 2020 election and that you should, too, based on what we have just learned within the past week alone 
last Tuesday on those off-year elections, which went over well, uh, overall very well for Democrats in uh, in states like Virginia and Kentucky, but disastrously for voters in places like Pennsylvania and Georgia, where they were testing brand new computer touchscreen ballot marking devices akin to the ones that will be coming to, that are set to be here, that are scheduled for use here in Los Angeles County, incredibly enough, next year for the very first time for the critical 2020 presidential election. They failed incredibly in Pennsylvania and Georgia. So let's bring them here to L.A. What could possibly go wrong? Those disasters uh, could well be predictors for what is likely to happen here in L.A. next year. I am very concerned about that here in the nation's most populous voting jurisdiction. Uh, beginning on March 3rd, Super Tuesday is the primary in Ca- in uh, California and in Texas and in uh, about a dozen other states across the country. Uh, and I'm very worried about what will happen across the nation through the general election on November 3rd next year. I'll get to some of that in a minute. But first, uh, some quick news items of note today. A federal judge on Monday dismissed Donald Trump's lawsuits to prevent the House Ways and Means Committee from utilizing a recently passed New York state law, providing the panel uh, an avenue to pursue his state tax returns. Judge Carl Nichols of the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia ruled that his court was not the proper jurisdiction to hear the case, leaving open the option that Donald Trump uh, could sue New York officials instead. Judge Nichols said his court did not have jurisdiction because the House Ways and Means Committee has not even taken any action related to this new New York law. In his lawsuit, Trump sued in Washington, D.C. to preemptively block the House Ways and Means Committee from requesting those returns, those tax returns, in order to keep New York Attorney General Letitia James from enforcing it the uh, state's recently adopted law that would allow the House Ways and Means Committee to simply request those records from the state of New York. Um, But uh, Donald Trump sued before that even happened to try to stop that from happening. Paranoid much, Mr. President? Uh, Based on the current allegations, Mr. Trump has not met his burden of establishing personal jurisdiction over either of the New York defendants, according to the judge, who wrote the court, therefore, need not reach the question of proper venue. Accordingly, the New York defendants motion to dismiss this uh, this lawsuit is granted. And Trump's amended complaint is dismissed without prejudice. So Monday's court ruling in in federal court in D.C. comes on the heels of multiple losses for Donald Trump in related cases in recent weeks where he sued New York state prosecutors in federal court in New York state to uh, to prevent his accounting firm Mazars USA from handing over eight years of tax returns and other financial documents. As subpoenaed by the Manhattan District Attorney, uh, who subpoenaed the accounting firm for those documents as part of the state investigation into the hush money payoffs that Donald Trump paid to two women before the 2016 election in a campaign finance felony conspiracy said to have been directed 
by Donald Trump, according to both federal prosecutors and even his own attorney, Michael Cohen, who is now serving time in federal prison for his part in that federal conspiracy, again, that was directed by Donald Trump, according to federal prosecutors. And yet Donald Trump has not yet been indicted or uh, impeached for that uh, matter. On that issue last week as well, uh, well, the appellate court in that case in New York found uh, against Trump in that case last week and last month, a federal appeals court in uh, Washington, D.C. also found against Trump in a similar lawsuit that Trump filed to prevent Mazars from turning over documents to congressional investigators in the Ways and Means Committee who have also requested Trump's tax returns of the accounting firm. So. He keeps losing case after case after case regarding his tax returns that he really, 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 for some reason, wants to keep secret. And, of course, all of that is separate from Trump's embarrassing loss last week when he agreed to a nearly $4 million settlement regarding his fraudulent charitable organization, the Trump Foundation, which he agreed had, in fact, been used unlawfully by Trump and his children For years, for many years, including to help his 2016 presidential campaign, which is also, incredibly enough, not currently the basis for the ongoing impeachment of Donald Trump, even as any of these things would likely have resulted in the impeachment of any other president, particularly if they had been Democratic presidents. As to some quick news from the past several days regarding what Donald J. Trump is being impeached about, his strong arming of Ukraine to announce a phony investigation of his political rival, Joe Biden, and an evidence-free claim that Ukraine, not Russia, somehow manipulated the 2016 election in favor of Hillary Clinton. I guess they didn't do a very good job of it. Uh, In any event, that impeachment proceeding will have its first public hearing this Wednesday, featuring uh, two top diplomats in uh, Donald Trump's State Department who will testify that Donald Trump withheld nearly $400 million in taxpayer money that was allocated by uh, Congress for the Ukraine uh, military aid. Uh, And he also withheld a White House meeting for Ukraine's new president as a quid pro quo extortion plot in exchange for those investigations into Joe Biden and his son, Hunter, who sat on the board of a Ukraine natural gas company um, while Biden served as vice president. And over the weekend, in related news, House Republicans announced that they want Hunter Biden and the anonymous whistleblower who helped launch the impeachment inquiry against Trump to be among the witnesses who testify at these upcoming public impeachment hearings. Congressman Devin Nunes of California, the uh, Republican ranking member on the House Intelligence Committee, listed requested witnesses in a letter on Saturday to Congressman Adam Schiff of California. He's the committee's chair. The uh, letter also um Uh, slams the uh, Democrats' inquiry as, quote, purely political and says the minority party should be able to call their own witnesses rather than simply suggest a witness list to the majority party running the hearings. Nunes said in his letter, in response, Americans see through this sham 
uh, I'm sorry, Nunes said in his uh, letter to Schiff, quote, Americans see through this sham impeachment process. Well, do you, Americans? Do you think it's a sham? If so, I'd love to hear from you as to why my phone number, which I hope to open in a bit, is 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. If you'd like to ring in with your thoughts on impeachment, either for it or against it, uh, though please be prepared to explain why in either case. So then uh, Nunez's request uh, follows uh, a letter from Schiff to Nunez earlier in the week inviting the Republicans to identify witnesses that they wanted to testify. But uh, Schiff emphasized that the guests, the requests, must be relevant to the impeachment inquiry. Schiff does not feel that Hunter Biden and the anonymous whistleblower in this case are relevant to the impeachment inquiry. So Schiff sent back a letter pouring cold water on those requests for those uh, impeachment witnesses, saying in a statement that he would give the request due consideration. However, he said this inquiry is not and will not serve as a vehicle to undertake the same sham investigations into the Bidens or 2016 um, and, or, or 2016 that the president pressed Ukraine to conduct his personal uh, to, to conduct for his personal political benefit. Neither, he sh- said, will they be there to facilitate the president's efforts to threaten, intimidate and retaliate against the whistleblower who courageously raised the initial arm. That from Schiff to Nunes, essentially saying, nope, we ain't bringing in Hunter Biden. We ain't bringing in the whistleblower. Congressman Dan Kildee of Michigan, who is part of the uh, Democratic leadership in the House as chief deputy whip, said over the weekend that he felt it unlikely that either Hunter Biden or the whistleblower would be called to appear. I would think that calling Hunter Biden or even calling the whistleblower, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't put in a request for President Obama's birth certificate. I mean, this is a debunked, bogus notion that somehow Hunter Biden was under investigation. He was not. That's been very clear. But they don't want to deal with the facts that surround the president's behavior. They just don't want to talk about it. So they're going to try to talk about something Mm -hmm. else. And that's what they're trying to do. Anything else, trying to come up with any sort of defense for Donald Trump, who clearly did what he has been accused of doing over the past month. Uh, Nonetheless, Republicans are struggling to distract from those damning facts uh, that have been established uh, by uh, many of the impeachment witnesses so far who gave testimony behind closed doors. Uh, They first complained about that private uh, that private testimony. They accused Democrats of a lack of transparency, even though. Republicans participated in all of the private depositions, which were carried out under rules that were established by House Republicans themselves back in 2015 for their Benghazi hearing. Uh, that argument, of course, uh, will should anyway be moot this week as the public hearings begin. So uh, Republicans like Nunes are trying to find new angles uh, rooted in the conspiracy theory that Donald Trump has tried to propagate about Hunter Biden's involvement with a Ukrainian company. We'll have much more on all of this throughout the week, I suspect, here on the broadcast. 
though I do welcome your calls on it. Uh, or my upcoming even more important news, frankly, regarding the 2020 presidential election and the potential uh, cataclysmic disaster that could await the nation and voters here in L.A. County and in the key swing states of Pennsylvania, Georgia, North Carolina, and others. Uh, And sadly, this is really, I I think, one of the only shows, perhaps the only show, I would say likely the only show where you will hear about this, where you will hear this discussed, at least until things go south next year, as they did last Tuesday in Georgia and Pennsylvania on the state's brand new 100% unverifiable touchscreen ballot marking devices that are just like the ones coming here to Los Angeles next year. Now, over the weekend, I happened to be uh, in Burbank just after uh, the fire uh, broke out. Those of you out here in L.A., I'm sure heard about it. It was also national news. Uh, It broke out uh, on the hillside on sort of the other side of the Hollywood sign uh, in Burbank. Well, I grabbed some video of that fire. I happened to be in uh, Burbank at the time, and I grabbed some video as the helicopters and the planes were dropping water on the blaze, uh, which they were eventually able to contain. I posted the video to Twitter uh, on Saturday, along with some completely non-political explanatory text along with it, which uh, read, and I quote, Uh, quote, well, Burbank is not having a good day. I tweeted, this is right now on the other side of the hill from the iconic Hollywood sign and Griffith Park Observatory. That was it. That was all I said. Now, that tweet went somewhat viral as I was, I guess, one of the first to uh, post video of this uh, pretty terrible looking fire. That video has now been viewed about 90,000 times since I last checked, according to Twitter. But even a fire in Burbank is now political, at least according to a bunch of the responses that I got back on my Twitter account at the Brad blog. Uh, from, well, I guess wingnuts. Uh, Niners 811 responded to say California will keep burning because your sorry state has Thousands, hundreds of thousands of homeless. Okay. Desi Doyen, uh, the homeless apparently were to blame for that fire. Which, of course, is uh, completely nonsense. Well, according to the. Not based in fact whatsoever. Yeah, the LA Fire Department uh, said there was no sign that a homeless camp was the origin for this fire. Now, the uh, temperatures topped out about 94 degrees. In the valley on uh, on Saturday, early November, uh, which is not normal, by the way. That's much warmer than usual. But, you know, what good are homeless people if you can't use them as a political bludgeon, Des? Uh, especially to avoid the reality of our climate crisis. Yes, Why not blame the homeless? When that's the only thing you're trying to avoid talking about, sure, you'll try to come up with anything. Ms. Obviously, I should say, because yeah. it's important for the record, scientists do say that climate change, man-made climate change, has made California's fire seasons worse, lengthened them, increased the drying out of vegetation, changed our weather patterns so that they don't arrive when they used to uh, in the fall to prevent these bad, catastrophic wildfires from happening. So, yeah, climate change, is your main culprit. Sorry, guys. Uh, Mr. Mike USA tweeted in response to that video, uh, and he's clearly an expert on this sort of thing. He said, uh, quote, too much brush allowed to grow since 2010. 
that was his uh, reason why this happened. Uh, that, I guess, and the, and the homeless uh, argument uh, sort of go right along with Donald Trump's complaints about California and the threats to uh, his threats to withdraw federal emergency firefighting aid over the past month. Because, you know, everything now is political, even wildfires. Ski Hound who describes himself as a defender of democracy and freedom, said, quote, Hollywood is burning after all the issues with socialists, molesters and pedophiles. It pure karma, says Ski Hound. Hail Bop 15, whose uh, uh, profile uh, says believe in God and Jesus, responded to that to say, exactly, Holly Weird is a blank hole, I wouldn't miss the iconic Hollywood sign, get over it, put a cross there, or whatever you believe in, says Bop 15 And Husker Diva, uh, whose name apparently is Sherry Aiden, uh, describes herself as a common-sense Republican, hashtag Glock protected, hashtag MAGA. She tweeted it in response to this totally non-political video of the fire over the weekend, saying, quote, wouldn't break my heart if the whole damn thing, Hollywood, burned to the ground. Hashtag save the children. Okay. Uh, gosh, I, I wonder how many of them profess themselves to be Christians. Yes, well, it's very common sense, like uh, she's a common sense Republican. Of course, those 94 degree temperatures and high winds as, as, as we've been having in late October and early November, as I noted, that is not normal. Uh, and it's part of a wildfire season that, as Desi Doyen just said, has been extended by a month or two over the past decade as our climate crisis has worsened, even though uh, I didn't make any of those points on Twitter when posting the news of these fires that were burning in Burbank over the weekend. Now, I suspect we will mention something along those lines, by the way, Des, on our upcoming Green News report on tomorrow's broadcast where it will officially be our 1,000th uh, Green News Report episode tomorrow. Yes, 1,000 right? episodes. Okay. Uh, all made possible, by the way, from listeners who have stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help keep us going over these past nearly 11 years. So thanks to those who have done that. Uh, though I should note, Des, whenever we have an anniversary uh, on the Green News Report, like the 10th anniversary, tons of folks went to bradblog.com slash donate and left a $10 donation. Uh, you know, in honor of our 10th anniversary. But so far, not one person has given $1,000 in honor of our 1,000th episode of the Green News Report. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well. It's outrageous. I, I can't believe that that hasn't happened well, yet. Well, listen, I will just say again yeah. that whenever people <laughs> set uh, set aside time uh, to, to support independent media, they really do help to combat the corporate media narrative that so many people complain about. You know, when you hear independent media like Pacifica Radio and KPFK and the Brad Blog and the Green News Report and all of our friends in progressive radio, they need the support to keep going uh, because corporate media is just not getting the job done. Thank you. Well said. Now, there's a reason I mentioned all of that. A, a week or so ago, at the peak of the wildfires that were raging up and down the state amid uh, this climate change-fueled heat and dry weather and high winds, as PG&E up north uh, and Southern California Edison down here were shutting off, preemptively shutting off a lot of power to customers to avoid 
their lines being blown down and sparking these wildfires. I noted on the show, on the broadcast, that those uh, preemptive power shutdowns, if they were to happen again at the same time next year, that would be smack dab in the middle of next year's voting in the critical 2020 presidential election. Yes, in late October and early November, exactly when... PG&E and Southern California Edison were shutting off power all over the state. Now, given that Los Angeles County, much to my chagrin and against my very strong advice, Los Angeles County, along with Ventura County, by the way, is now moving to 100 percent unverifiable electronic touchscreen voting systems that also... Yes, rely on electricity for new electronic poll books and for these uh, touchscreen devices themselves. And if 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 the power companies at this very same time next year shut down the power to some of these polling places around the state, we will have a disaster on our hands because we rely foolishly on electricity to cast ballots that could be easily and more reliably and certainly verifiably cast on hand-marked paper ballots. Now, while the L.A. County Registrar Recorder uh, County Clerk Dean Logan has stopped answering my questions about the new system and he still refuses to appear on this program to answer your questions and mine the way he used to, Uh, I tried to get a comment from his office, from the L.A. County Clerk's office, uh, about these specific concerns anyway concerning what would happen in the event of a power shutdown. And I did, for a change, actually get a reply back from Dean Logan's office. So uh, I then followed back with a a reply, a follow-up with a few more questions. But it's now been a full week or so, and they have not replied to the follow-up. So I will just share with you what I got from them um, and let you know what the answer to my concerns were about these potential power outages happening next year. Uh, so my email to them just over a week or so ago read, uh, this Sunday will be one of one of, uh, we will be one year out from the General Presidential Election Day, now that L.A. is preparing to use electronic voting systems and electronic poll books, what are the processes in place should there be a power outage on Election Day or during early voting akin to the preemptive power outages ongoing this year at exactly the same time? Will there be paper poll book backups at every voting center? Will there be enough hand-markable paper ballots on hand at each center to accommodate extended power outages? Should they occur again next year due to preemptive fire concerns or, for that matter, any other reason? Uh, So I got a response. I was happy, very happy from Julaine Whalen, Media and Communications at the Los Angeles County Registrar Recorder County Clerk's Office, saying, good afternoon, Mr. Friedman. This email responds to your request for comment on the questions listed in your email. Quote, inherent in securing facility use agreements for vote centers, which we're now using instead of precincts, the county is conducting power assessments at each prospective vote center location to validate adequate power to supply the voting infrastructure. 
Additionally, the county has established relationships with the power companies to plan for and respond to power issues that may impact the voting period. The vote centers will be equipped with an emergency power source for the ballot marking devices and peripheral equipment. Electronic poll books have battery backup as well. These are part of ongoing comprehensive contingency plans associated with the new voting model. That new voting model is what I have been warning you about now for some time, for some years, and uh, warning you to, uh, when you see those articles come up in the Los Angeles Times, uh, singing the praises for this new voting experience coming to Los Angeles to be very, very wary about, because if you vote at one of these voting centers on these touchscreen machines, and that will apparently be your only option, your vote here in Los Angeles after the polls close will be 100% unverifiable. Uh, Let's see. Julaine Whalen goes on to say, among the advantages of the new voting model, voters can vote at any open voting center in the county during the 11-day voting period. This means if there are vote centers or areas of the county that are evacuated or significantly impacted by conditions such as fires or outages, voters can still access and cast their ballots at any other open vote center in the county. The county also could establish pop-up vote centers or deploy mobile voting units in response to such conditions. Under the old model, Julaine Whalen says, uh, the only option for displaced voters on Election Day would be to vote provisional ballots at another polling location. Now, I should note that in last Tuesday's disastrous elections in Georgia, And uh, Pennsylvania, when voting systems failed to work at all, when these electronic uh, 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 poll books would not fire up so that uh, people could make the so that the systems could make a voter card, which they then placed into another computer, the ballot marking device, that touchscreen system, so that it could print out a ballot, which could then be placed in, yes, a third computer so that it could be optically scanned. This actually happened. Power went out, not here in California, but went out in uh, at least one of the precincts in Pennsylvania for about 30 minutes, during which, yes, people could not vote. In any event, I responded uh, to uh, Julaine Whalen's message from the L.A. County uh, Registrar Recorder to try to get a follow up on some of this, asking uh, concerning that backup power that they say will be there in the event that power is shut down. I said, so does that mean that if power is shut off for days at a time due to a preemptive blackout akin to what we've been seeing around the state, that there will be enough power to run all of the BMDs, the ballot marking devices, and the poll books, including Internet access for the entire uh, voting period? If not, how long does Battery uh, backup battery power work on the voting machines and on the e-poll books. I have not received a response to that question. Uh, Julian also said that uh, voters could uh, vote at any other open uh, uh, vote centers during the 11-day early voting period if uh, power is out at one of them. Uh, but, of course, not necessarily if that outage happens, I note, on Election Day. Uh, They may not have a chance to seek out another voting center somewhere in the county. 
uh, of course, with the previous analog system when we had both paper ballots and paper poll books, a powder out, a power outage like that would not would not be the same scale of a problem as it is likely to be next year, should it happen uh, beyond the need, you know, perhaps for some flashlights because people could vote using paper poll books and using hand-marked paper ballots, even with the power out. Well, and, and also remember that these electronic poll books that check in voters, those require the Internet to run, yeah. don't they? So yeah. if the cell phone towers are out and the Internet is out in those locations yep. that might not have uh, electricity, or even if just the Internet is out but the power is on, they can't check in voters, and that's going to create long lines. Yep. And if they end up sending voters to other voting centers, that increases the pressure of the number of voters at those other voting yep. centers where the number of machines that voters are allowed to vote on mm-hmm. is a limiting factor because right. you can only process so many voters per hour per machine. So yep. fewer machines, fewer voters can get through. That's going to be potentially a lot of long lines. Yep. And I am very, very concerned about that, even if the power does not go off next year. Uh, now, of course, if there was, you know, a, a, an actual fire, as suggested uh, by the county here, uh, you know, that would also close down a polling place. But you would be closing down just a number of polling places, precincts, community precincts, rather than these vote centers, because, in fact, as I noted back to the county, um, you know, w- we would have to shut down a few precincts in that uh, case rather than an entire vote center, which will now be meant to serve the same number of voters that used to be served by approximately 400 different community precincts. We will have, uh, instead of 4,000 uh, precincts, we are going to have 1,000 voting centers. Um, so I ask, am I seeing something incorrectly there? I have not heard back. Uh, and then as far as um, the uh, question about the uh, old models uh, where a voter, if their uh, polling place was shut down, they'd have to vote provisionally elsewhere. Uh, but now they might be able to have pop-up and mobile voting units and so forth. I asked how many of those, how many self-powered, internet-accessible pop-up and mobile voting units uh, is the county equipped to deploy in such an instance like we're talking about here? And again, have not heard back. So uh, I waited a week before I uh, filled you in on this because I wanted to get the information from the county on all of this so I could give you their full details. Uh, But after uh, one response, apparently they are no longer responding to questions from journalists, at least this journalist. Now, um, you know, (laughs) feel free to stop by LAVote.net and ask the registrar's office yourself about these things if you share any of my concerns. Maybe you will have better luck than me. That's LAVote.net if you're here in Los Angeles County. Uh, If you do get an answer back, please let me know. I am bradcast at bradblog.com so I can do my job of helping to inform the electorate, which one would think the L.A. Registrar Recorder County Clerk Dean Logan would be keen on doing right now, given the 100 percent unverifiable electronic touchscreen voting systems that are coming to this entire county Uh, for the critical presidential election next year for the very first time. 
Now, I've got uh, more disasters for you that uh, struck in countless uh, numbers of counties. Well, not countless, but a number of counties uh, that are using similar touchscreen ballot marking device technology for the very first time in last Tuesday's elections where it did not go well. It did not go well for those test runs during these sparsely attended off-year municipal elections where you had waiting times of over an hour to vote because the machines wouldn't fire up. So, yes, uh, it went so bad that I am now terrified, frankly, about what could very well happen next year, not just here in California, but in key swing states like Pennsylvania, like uh, Georgia, where these systems failed. Last week, in several of these jurisdictions, voters were waiting for an hour to vote because the touchscreens or the electronic poll books would not work at all, so they couldn't vote at all. Again, that's a problem that does not happen with hand-marked paper ballots and paper poll books. And this happened across a bunch of precincts in Pennsylvania where they were testing out this new system that they're going to be using in Philadelphia next year. And yes, they failed in Philadelphia on Tuesday, again, during sparsely attended municipal elections. Uh, There are, in some cases, uh, in Northampton County, Pennsylvania, candidates were reported, reported as receiving zero votes in a number of precincts, even though, in fact, they had received thousands of votes on these new systems. So I've got more of that that I can share with you after the break, uh, or you can use up all of my time, uh, which would be nice as well, by uh, calling at 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK, with your thoughts on all of the above, since I haven't been able to open the phones for a couple of months uh, due to fund drives and my month-long absence when my father suddenly died back in September. So I would love to hear from all of you at 818-985-5735 today. Let's take a quick break, and we will come back with your calls and more on the world-famous broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free broadcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us out today. But don't play. Yes, you are. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. We are playing with fire when it comes to our electoral system. I cannot underscore that enough, though I am going to try to uh, between now and uh, next year's elections. We're just less than 60 days before the first votes are cast 
uh, in the 2020 elections, and we are playing with fire as far as I'm concerned. I could go into some of these details about what happened last Tuesday. We've been covering it last week. I suspect we're going to cover it more this week along with... uh, Impeachment, but uh, let's take your calls as well at 818 985 5735. 818 985 5735. Let's hit hit the phones. Adam in Costa Mesa, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hello, uh, good afternoon. My name is Adam. I'm calling about uh, the uh, um, impeachment. Yes, sir. I uh, supported uh, the idea of impeachment 100% um, if it's uh, without the Russiagate nonsense included. And uh, if it's based on the Emoluments Clause and a number of other issues, Donald Trump has been begging to be impeached. And, uh, and, and he got it. And, and I, I'm not so sure that the, um, he's going to be so happy with the potential results in, um, of that. So you're, so you're, just to clarify, Adam, you are in favor of impeaching this president over attempting to use $391 million to extort the, uh, of, of taxpayer money to extort the government of Ukraine to do a personal partisan political investigation. Uh, you are in favor of that impeachment uh, hearing? No. Why I, would you I, not I, be I'm in not, favor I'm of not, that I'm one? I'm not opposed to including that as long as it's not run as a um, uh, interference for Joe Biden and, and Hunter Biden. Uh, I think that there is um, legitimate basis to believe that a, a, a prosecution or an investigation that was previous ta- previously taking place in the Ukraine was, in fact, um, derailed, not legitimately. And What's your evidence for that, Adam? What? Because What's your evidence for that, Adam? Because I have seen none. What's your evidence that the uh, investigation was derailed prematurely? I think that there's, uh, like I said, I didn't say there's evidence to that. I think that there's um, a basis. No, you just said that there was evidence that it was derailed prematurely. So what's your evidence for that? You can check that. uh, that You can check the tape. That's not what I said. Okay. My apologies. There's a basis for uh, believing that that prosecutions could be derailed for political reasons. And and I don't think it's, um, uh, as long as the, Impeachment is not run as a an interference for Joe Biden. I am all for <laughs> what what about that, that, there there is basis for anything, Adam. Here's an idea. How about if we run the impeachment on the basis of a, a president abusing his power by withholding three hundred ninety one million dollars of taxpayer money that had been allocated to a foreign nation because he wanted a political favor from that nation? What is all of this other crap that you're talking about that you're against? OK, you don't want to deal with the what you called it Russiagate hoax, even though Donald Trump was found to have obstructed justice 10 times in that matter. You're willing to let that go. But you're you're using all of this other nonsense for avoiding the fact that once again, Donald Trump has violated the law to ask a foreign nation to help him to help him win the 2020 election. But you're not in favor of impeachment on that basis alone. Really? I think I think it's I think it's perceived as a continuation of Russiagate, okay. which is propagandistic, even if brought uh, about by a grain of truth that Russia, imagine that, engages in some type of phishing or espionage into maybe uh, registration systems in Florida. Yeah, maybe they did that. Let, let's, let's sound the alarms. And, and if that is the case, the answer to that 
is what you, you just talked about, which is election integrity legislation. That's yep. the very first thing you do. In all it is the first thing. thing. It is. It's called H.R. 1, the very first bill that the House uh, Democrats passed called H.R. 1 that deals with election integrity. And the Republicans are refusing to pass anything like it over in the Senate. And by the way, it had a lot more to do. It had a lot more to yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. That's rather that's, that's okay. rather bold to to initiate legislation that you know is not going to. Oh, did I lose? I didn't cut him off. All right. Sorry, Adam. I was about to cut him off, but I didn't do it. Eight one eight nine eight five. Oh, there we go. He's still there. Yes, Adam. Yeah. Go ahead. Listen. I got a bunch of people who want to get in on a, on a bunch of yeah, topics. Yeah, I so I much. hear you. I hear you. Thank you for give, uh, sharing your opinion, with which. I heartily agree, uh, disagree, by the way. Uh, yes, voting systems, if they are messed up by anyone, Russian, American, Canadian, uh, whether they are voter registration systems, whether they are voting machines, we have no idea if our voting machines were hacked in 2016 because the Trump administration's DHS has never bothered to check. Uh, but to make all of these excuses why we should not uh, vote to impeach uh, a scofflaw lawless president is really bizarre to me. But I guess everyone, everything is politics. Uh, Rachel in Northridge. Hey, Rachel, welcome to the broadcast. Hi. I just wanted to talk a minute about those fires. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, a lot of people have done research over the years about so-called climate change, mm -hmm. and we're pretty sure it's a combination of geoengineering with space weapons. Some of them <laughs> we are? We, who yes, are we? We, meaning, I just said, the people who've done research into what geoengineering can do. And they're pretty sure that global warming is caused by space? Say it again? Well, first of all, the geoengineering. I know, geoengineering, but you said for with instruments from space. Yes, in fact, oh, I just okay. saw a video on... <sighs> A new weapon yeah. causing a fire in paradise. Yeah. You can see people take videos of Yeah, I know. They, they take a lot of stuff. Read actual science, Rachel. I did. There's I did. actual there science. Do you yeah. want to be interested in a man who worked for the DOD, who's been researching this for uh -huh. two decades yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. You can go to right. thecarnicombeinstitute.com. Okay. Well, if you want to be interested in the tens of thousands of people who have been uh, researching this now for decades and decades, who all have a consensus that, no, it is not geoengineering and uh, devices from space that are causing it, you can go look up the uh, IPCC, the International... The United uh, Nations Intergovernmental Panel, Panel on Climate Change. Yeah. They have their their website at ipcc.gov, and, not .gov, uh, uh, .un, and that's where the tens of thousands of scientists over the last, oh, I don't know, several decades now have actually compiled the actual science. I would also physics, suggest, by the way, there's a, a, a website called skepticalscience.com, com or dot yes. org skepticalscience.com uh, that's where they actually they speak. take every single yeah. one of can, can these I denier arguments that people have put forth right that actually right 
uh, no, actually, let me finish talking, if you wouldn't mind. That would be science, uh, skepticalscience.com, and that is where they actually debunk every single one of the most prominent uh, climate science skeptic and denier arguments with the actual studies that debunk them. Because the thing about science is that it's true whether you believe it or not. And unfortunately, <laughs> while it's nice to be able to think that there might be some other cause um, that would require us not to change our lifestyles and not to go off of fossil fuels, oh, unfortunately, no. that's where the science stuff. actually is now. Yeah, so. go ahead, Rachel. While you are talking over me. I mean, you ask us to call in, but you basically just ram your ideas too, which is fine. But I want to say one more thing. Please do. This is an, this is an example. You should look at the sky in Northridge right now. I would expect some fires tonight. But anyway, I won't go into that. But, for example, uh, Dennis Kucinich introduced mm-hmm. a bill to stop geoengineering yeah. because he understood what was going on. Okay. I am told that a week later his brother was murdered, so he didn't no. bring the subject up again. Well, okay, he hasn't mentioned that when he's been on this uh, show, but uh, thank you, Rachel. Oh, I, like I, 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 I do, Dennis. too. I do, too. And but I think he knows what he's talking about, so right. you might check it out. Very good. Thank you for that uh, advice, Rachel. Greatly appreciate your call. 818 985 Five seven three five. Let's go to uh, Karen in. Uh, see, I have mistaken calls. Karen in San Francisco. Welcome to the broadcast, Karen. Uh, hi. Uh, welcome back to uh, KPFK Live. Uh, I hate to follow Ken, uh, Rachel because I wanted to correct uh, one thing in the last Green News report. Yeah. That it was it's uh, Honolulu and Maui counties. Uh, Desi mispronounced the. Uh, Honolulu. I mean, if Americans can pronounce Spokane and Tucson correctly, they can pronounce Honolulu. But uh, she called it Honolulu. That's uh, that's Honolulu, wrong. According to the native Hawaiians. Okay. Thank okay, you. Anyway, good to know. Uh, Thank you. Uh, about the uh, last week's elections, yeah. I understand that uh, uh, Bashir was the only Democrat to win a statewide race in Kentucky. Yeah, that's right. The ballot. Yep. And. So do you think that... Uh, reportedly. Reportedly won by 5,000, a little bit more than 5,000 votes over about 1.4 million that were cast. And uh, yeah, Andy Bashir was the Democratic uh, challenger to the uh, Republican governor, Matt Bevin, and is said, according to the unofficial results, to have won by about 5,000 votes out of 1.4 million cast. So do you think uh, Governor Bevin's uh, call for a recount has some merit because Kentucky also votes on 100% unreliable uh, voting machines? Actually, they don't. They vote mostly on hand-marked paper ballots, so that's a good thing. Uh, they, uh, he has, uh, Bevin has not called for a recount because uh, they're not, uh, a governor is not allowed to uh, seek a recount, at least not directly in uh, Kentucky. Instead, what Bevin has done, and we spoke to one of the experts, probably the top expert in, uh, in certainly in the nation when it comes to Kentucky's voting laws, uh, last week, Josh Douglas. You can download it from bradblog.com. Uh, Bevin is asking for a re-canvas, and he will get that this Thursday, which essentially means they re run the computers to find out what the computer tabulation uh, reported. So it'll likely report what it reported the first time uh, because they're not actually counting any ballots. In those cases, they're taking hand-marked paper ballots and scanning them by computers 
and using those uh, numbers. So I have no problem with uh, any candidate seeking a recount or a recanvas. In this case, what will happen in Kentucky if Bevin is not happy with the recanvas uh, totals that he'll get back on Thursday? Uh, at that point, he uh, could seek to ask the Kentucky legislature for a contest, which means the uh, two houses in the General Assembly in Kentucky, both run by uh, Republicans, would then have hearings and they essentially get to decide uh, for whatever reason they want who will be the next governor of Kentucky. Okay, thanks for the clarification and yep. my condolences on the, your family. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate that, and I appreciate the call. Uh, 818-985-5735. I'll tell you what, let's take a quick break, and we will come back with much more of your calls, as many as we can fit in. Uh, lots to talk about. Always good to hear from you, uh, even concerning geoengineering and space lasers. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. <laughs> The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. Please drop by bradblog.com/donate. That's bradblog.com/donate. And thanks. It's a Honolulu, Desi Doyen. Get it right. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, Armand in Covina, welcome to the Bradcast. Armand, what's on your mind, sir? Oh, Armand. All right, we'll put Armand back on hold, and instead we will go to... How do I put him back on hold? Uh, I will go to uh, Michael in L.A. Hey, Michael, welcome to the Bradcast. Good afternoon, sir. Um, welcome back to both of you. My quick question is, um, some of us have a, a marketing background in terms of terms uh, and words that people use, and I'm just wondering if you also have a, a similar concern about this, uh, this phrase, quid pro quo, which, of course, kind of doesn't necessarily get to what this man is actually doing. Why don't we refer to it as corruption, bribery, and extortion instead? Uh, well, actually, I think I did. I think I didn't. I don't know if I called it uh, bribery. I do think I called it extortion. Uh, that is what it is. That is at least what it appears to be based on all of the witnesses, one after another after another, that I've been testifying over the past several weeks and will be testifying in public hearings. Uh, but I take your point because people, a lot of people don't know what quid pro quo is, but they do know what bribery and extortion is, correct? Seems to be, in my conversations with people, they, they do get what those yeah. What's mean if that's what we're trying to get at yep. hearing. Yeah. And you're right. And by the way, it doesn't even have to be a quid pro quo for this to be impeachable in that Correct. it doesn't matter if he got anything back from them. Merely the threat to extort them uh, is more than enough to uh, impeach this guy. But you know what? I can also rattle off about 20 other uh, reasons why he should have been impeached long ago, including, yes, those 10 instances of, of obstruction of justice uh, detailed at great length in uh, Robert Mueller's report. But uh, and the porn star payoffs and the emoluments and the Trump Foundation and everything else, of course. The, the list is long. It, yeah, it, it, it is. And a real quick question. Yeah. Quickly, uh, why, why do we not, if, if the intention after the Bush Gore 
uh, hanging chad debacle mm-hmm. is sort of the impetus for starting machines. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just see, you know, uh, dumpster fire after dumpster fire where it's not going well. Why is there not more pressure to do the obvious, which is go back to paper ballots? To go back to hand-marked paper ballots. I, I Yeah, I can't tell you why other than uh, media do not cover this very much. I cover it constantly all the time because, yes, I think it's that goddamn important. Uh, but unless uh, people are raising holy hell, you're in, uh, where was it, uh, Michael? You're here in L.A. Uh, yeah. Have you raised hell? Have you called the uh, Los Angeles County Registrar Recorder and say, no, I want to vote on hand-marked paper ballots on Election Day and not vote by mail? I mean, people have to get fired up. All I can do is give you the information. I hope like hell that people like you, Michael, and others listening to this show, whether it's in Los Angeles or any other country, uh, a county in the country, uh, will call and raise holy hell about the fact that they're going to have to vote on unverifiable systems. Michael, I got to run. I got to get in a couple more calls before the end of the hour. Thanks. I really do appreciate your call. Let me uh, very quickly, I'm going to have to make it quick. I'm sorry. Uh, Jared in La Crescenta and going to Jared only because in hopes that maybe this is Jared Kushner. Hey, Jared, what's up, brother? <laughs> Hi there. Um, uh, it you know, doesn't sound I, like Jared I, Kushner. So, yeah, go ahead. I hope not. I yeah. hope not. <laughs> yeah. But uh, my thing is, I, I, I just like to say, if, if they do not take this man, if they don't impeach him they are going to pave the way for this guy to go crazy he'll feel empowered and can you imagine what he'll do i mean not only that what if uh you know i mean he doesn't get reelected? it'll pave the way for somebody else that's actually smart and a good liar yep yeah no i've made listen i've made this case if you if you don't impeach if you don't impeach him for uh, paying off a porn star to shut her up so you could win an election in, an, in a, a, right. a felony conspiracy, if you don't impeach him for 10 counts of obstruction of justice, you're basically saying any president in the future can do right. these things. And it's, right. out, it's, it's outrageous. Jared, uh, and, yeah. Yeah, then it, uh, can you imagine it? It all go to hell in a, in a handbasket. I think we're already there, Jared. I got to run. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, brother. Keep up the good fight. Uh, One more. It would not be a return to our phones without Morris from Long Beach. Oh, Mo, what you got on your mind, brother? We should all remember that lying is not an impeachable offense unless you are a Democrat. And welcome back, uh, back, Brad. Condolences to your family, okay? Thank you, brother. Good to hear from you, Morris. And good to hear from all of you. I wish I had another two or three hours today to keep going with the calls. My apologies to those folks who I could not get to. We will try to do this again soon, though, and I hope you will uh, be here for it. So thanks to all of you who called in and for listening today. Thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my soundboard operator, D'Angelo Jones. If you want to uh, touch base with me, I can be found... On the Facebooks and the Twitters at the Brad Blog. I hope you will find and follow me there. You can also drop me email if you like. I am Bradcast at Bradblog.com. And let's see, one note from Orchestra Works. Brad and Desi, if voting machines were implemented to address the voters' intentions, tabulation, Gore Bush hanging chads, but have significant demonstrated inaccuracies, why don't voter logistics folks resurrect hand-marked, hand-counted paper ballot. That sounds just like the caller who called in. Maybe it was, and I think I've already answered that question. Because we are not raising enough hell. Please get out there and do so. 
That is it. Until we meet again on tomorrow's thrilling edition of the Bradcast, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.